You're listening to the Techie Tony Marketing Podcast. We teach home-based business owners how to leverage technology to grow their business using the power of the internet and social media. And now your host, Techie Tony. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Techie Tony Marketing Podcast. My name is Techie Tony, and I am your host. For those of you that do not know who I am, I show home-based business owners how to leverage technology to grow their business using the power of the internet and social media. We are back today with another very exciting guest. I am very, very excited to talk to this gentleman. His name is Sean Thacker, and he is a Medicare expert in this field. So now is the time. The AEP period is approaching us, and uh, Sean is here today to talk a little bit more about his business, um, how he can help you, how he can get you in the right position with the right coverage, with the right plan for you and your family, because we all know disaster can strike at any time. So everyone, please welcome Sean Thacker to the show. Sean, are you there? I am here, Tony. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for making some time. I'm excited you're here. Um, Sean, I'd just like to dig right in, man. Let's uh, learn a little bit about you as a person, a little bit about your life, things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am uh, 35 years old, happily married to a wonderful wife of 11 years. We just celebrated our 11-year anniversary this year. Also, um, we have two wonderful children, uh, my daughter, who's six, and my son, who is two. And um, some things that we kind of like to do uh, as a family, we like to play games, you know, uh, board games, watch movies, do things for as a family, get out every once in a while, especially this time of year. In the fall, it's a great time to hit the pumpkin patches, that sort of thing. And um, But yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit about my background in the health insurance is um, started in just general health insurance um, in 2019, early 2019, and then moved over to also include Medicare um, earlier this year. So, Awesome, man. Well, happy anniversary. Well, thank you. All right. So question number one I have for you. I think a lot of people get confused between the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Can you elaborate on a little bit, a little bit on that? What the two might mean? Sure, absolutely. And yes, uh, um, a lot of people get confused on it. So, um, Medicare um, is for individuals sixty-five and over. Um, some, uh, if they're on disability or have been for two years or more, and there's a couple other factors there um, for eligibility. Medicaid is for people with low income and uh, kind of a tip that I always tell my clients is when you think of people uh, that are low income, they need aid. So think of Medicaid and people uh, that are getting a little more in those elderly years, they need better care. So think of Medicare. Ah, that's a great, uh, great tip. I know you shared (laughs) that with me. It's something I'll never forget. (laughs) Right, right. It's always helped me too. Awesome, man. So you got to be at least 65 to get it. Uh, With some exceptions, yes. Okay. And how does one go about getting it if they're uh, eligible? Okay. Good question. Um, So with Medicare, and you're going to see there's a lot of letters involved. Um, There's a part that's handled straight through the government. So when someone's eligible, they'll start getting stuff in the mail, um, especially as they're getting ready to turn 65. 
and um, they would want to go, they could either go to the local Social Security uh, Administration office, or uh, you can do online at medicare.gov. Um, there's a Part A and a Part B um, that they have to sign up through the government. So, and it's actually a pretty, pretty easy process online. You just go in, uh, fill in some information. Once again, that's medicare.gov, Part A, Part B. Um, that's going to cover a a lot or most of your hospitalization costs and your, uh, that's part A. And then part B um, is going to be covered, uh, covering your medical costs, like your doctor visits and all sorts of things like that. So, um, so yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it does. That was actually my next question. I keep seeing commercials on TV about now is the time, now is the time to enroll. And um, I was going to ask you what the difference is between A, B and C, and you pretty much clarified that. So that is and there's a, there's a lot there's a lot there, um, but yeah, that part A and part B is what what most people think of first. Um, all the other parts, when you're talking prescriptions, that's going to be your part D. Um, when you're talking about gaps, because the, there are some gaps in Medicare itself as well, um, you'd want to either get into a supplement. Uh, policy, which is a part, and I know, like I said, there's a lot of letters, so part could be part uh, F, part G, you know, those are usually the most comprehensive to kind of cover some of the gaps, um, to leave the the clients with the least out-of-pocket expenses, but um, sometimes it, people decide to go with part C, which is Medicare Advantage, so. All right, so this seems like something that could be really overwhelming if you didn't know anything about it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. offer like a, you know, like a free consultation of some sort where somebody can sit down with you for 30 minutes and say, Sean, I'm, I'm eligible. Um, I keep seeing my commercials, A, B, C, D, S, E, D, all off of that. What do I need? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in fact, I don't, I don't really charge broker fees at all anyway. Um, so I, I advise my clients just from an education standpoint. Um, it's always valuable to sit down with a broker such as myself, um, one that is going to do those free consultations, talk, and just give them um, some some basis uh, knowledge-wise to start the process, right? Um, I feel like when people are more informed, more educated, um, they can make better decisions. You know, I don't ever expect any of my clients to be the expert. I put that burden on my shoulders, but... Um, I definitely help try to guide them in that process so they can feel better about whatever decision they go with. So when is the deadline to, you know, make that call where it's the final date? Good question. Very good question. So um, the, during the AEP, what we call the annual election period, right? Which is what we're going through right now. It's from October 15th to, to December 7th. Um, you you can make as many selections with a uh, Medicare Advantage or prescription or a Part D prescription drug plan um, during that time. Basically, whatever that last selection you made was uh, December December seventh is the cutoff. So, whatever that last selection was that you decided to go with, that is what you'll have for the following year. In this case, everything is going to work. You know, we're looking at 2021. So. Okay. So like now's the time because the months are closing in Christmas is coming. 2020 yes. is coming to a close very fast. <laughs> yes. And I will tell you, 
everybody, uh, and I think it's human nature, we all tend to think we have more time than we do. And so everybody waits to the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, uh, there's only 24 hours in a day. I tell people all the time, um, if there's, there's only 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, get in as soon as you can, get it taken care of, and then you don't have to you don't have to worry about it during the Thanksgiving holiday or going into uh, the Christmas and New Year season. Yeah, because there's enough stress there with family. <laughs> yes, there is. And shopping. Um, and like I said, and I'll say it again, now's the time because with the pandemic going on, there's a lot of unknowns, you know. Sure. And someone in your position as an expert with this um, Medicare can really open some insight as to what people really need. Absolutely. Um, it's just because yeah. you need it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to want it. It, it kind of depends on the, the conversation they have with their uh, insurance agent about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think um, if anything, speaking about the pandemic, if anything, it's definitely made people, I think, more aware of making sure they have good quality health coverage. Um, and that's even for people under, the, you know, under outside of Medicare, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely made me, uh, go back and look at my policies and make sure, you know, I know what, <laughs> uh, what, uh, out of pocket expenses I could be looking at. All right. So I'm 65. I've decided to talk to Sean about my Medicare needs and I go ahead and do the paperwork. Is there a window where it's like, wait a minute, I don't think I'm ready to make the call, but the paperwork's already been signed. Can you, I guess kind of like renege on the on the contract that was signed. If there's a, I don't know much about insurance. If there's a contract, no, absolutely. So, so another good question. Um, there are because there are different periods. So for this period right now, we're just going to talk about the annual election period. Um, there is a time of the year for that. Um, for someone's what they call an initial election period, initial election period, which is the IEP. That's when somebody first turns 65. Um, it's a little different with that period, but for the AEP, what we're dealing with right now, October 15th through December 7th, every year, um, if someone selects a plan and then uh, for whatever reason, uh, they, you know, maybe they don't like it, maybe they didn't realize something about the plan that they felt was critical and they wanted to make a switch, the first three months of the year, in this case, January, February, March, um, there, there is, um, that is an also an open enrollment, a period for Medicare Advantage where people can um, go back and, like you said, just kind of that renege process. They can kind of revert uh, during that period, um, but it is a one-time change during that period, uh, and then um, if they're waiting to go back on uh, the, a Medicare Advantage plan uh, or a prescription drug plan, once again, they'd have to wait till October 15th of that following year. Um, but yeah, keep in mind, uh, once again, we're primarily talking about Medicare Advantage and uh, with those two, um, two time periods, uh, meaning now between December 7th and January through March. Right. So for those of you listening, um, if you have questions about Medicare and you're coming up to that 65-year-old mark, it might be wise to grab a pen and paper and write down some questions because time is going by quickly and 
again, having Sean as the expert with uh, this field, it's, it's good to get all your questions uh, answered up front because we want you to make an educated decision on if it's a good fit or not. It usually is, but we want to make sure that it's a confident purchase. It's not just like, oh, you need it, you're 65. We want to make sure it's actually going to work for you. Absolutely. So, so I keep seeing commercials for like Medicare and Medicare Advantage. Can you elaborate on the difference between the two? Sure. So Medicare, um, original Medicare, as we call it in the industry, um, as I mentioned, it's that part A and part B that's handled through the government. Part A is actually paid by Social Security. Um, anybody that's been a W-2 employee, um, and even on your taxes, you've been paying into Medicare for years. That's why Social Security Part A is paid for through Social Security. Doesn't It's no additional cost to anybody. Part B, which is the medical, the doctor's visits, those going to the clinic, that sort of thing, um, that does have a uh, an or um, I'm sorry, a monthly uh, premium that is associated with it. Um, that's all handled once again through the government. Original Medicare, as I mentioned, Part A, Part B, um, people started realizing there were some gaps. Obviously, Part A and Part B don't cover any prescriptions. So that's one thing right there where people, if you decide that you want to go with Original Medicare, you have to get a something a prescription drug plan or a Part D plan. Um, and you don't want to wait on that. Um, because some people I've had clients say, well, I don't take any prescriptions right now. Can I wait on that? And I advise them not to because for every month, uh, an eligible Medicare client waits to enroll in Part D. They accrue a 1% permanent penalty to their monthly premium. So we don't really want that to accrue higher and higher every month that people wait. Um, also with the Part G, um, and Part F, the what we call Medicare supplements, they cover um, a lot of the out-of-pocket expenses of Medi original Medicare. As you can probably imagine, Tony, it's already complex. The difference between that and Medicare Advantage is Medicare Advantage takes all those factors and lumps them into one plan. Okay, um, if we're going by letters, it's called Part C, but uh, Medicare Advantage takes uh, Part A, Part B. Uh, a lot of them do include prescription drug uh, plans. Uh, some of them don't, and at that point, you'd have to look at getting a Part D plan separately, but many of them do include prescription drug plans, um, and they do keep your out-of-pocket costs lower. So um, I I've had people say, well, you know, Sean, what, which one would you, re you know, recommend, option one or option two? You know, original Medicare with a supplement or Medicare Advantage. And I tell them, honestly, I can't give you uh, a recommendation either way because they're both really good. Um, one, you're probably likely going to, you know, with original Medicare, you're likely going to pay uh, a monthly premium for the supplement. Um, so you'll pay a little bit more per month, but you'll likely pay less out of pocket when you have an incident. Medicare Advantage, you will pay very little per month. Sometimes there are $0 premiums, um, but you may pay more out of pocket as incidents occur. However, keep in mind, they all have a max out of pocket. So I tell people, honestly, Tony, they, ba they, ba they basically balance out in the end, but 
I know that I know that's a complex answer, but it's a complex question. So I hope uh, I hope I didn't lose you there. No, no, I I just it's just more encouragement. If you guys are listening, like it's more encouragement just to talk to Sean. You really he can give you all the advice in the world, but if it's just not a good fit for you, it's just not. You got to right. what works for you. Sean's just there to educate you and guide you through the path. This will make your head hurt if you don't know anything about it. I'm already confused. Like, like, like A through Trust F. Trust me, it, I know. I thought it I went know. to C, and then you told me it went to F. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I don't, I don't expect any client to retain all of the information and be the expert. I put that burden on me, uh, but I do like to try to help them make that educated decision. I, I can see why you need to be licensed to do this. Like I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> um, all right. So let's say that I'm 64 and I currently already have insurance. And then the day comes happy birthday to me, 65. What do I do? Do I keep my insurance or do I switch? That's a fantastic question. Honestly, Tony, um, that is going to be much more of a case by case basis. Um, Part of it is a lot of the employer group plans are still very good. Um, the biggest factor is going to be a, essentially a math equation. Is it going to save the client monthly on their month-to-month costs? Um, is, it, if it, is it going to save them on their month-to-month costs to switch to Medicare and uh, or not? You know, that's the biggest factor. Um, the other factor would be is if they're, if they're in a smaller employee, uh, smaller, uh, with a smaller employer and maybe the, the prescription drug plan that they have is not, um, considered credible by the center of Medicaid, uh, or I'm sorry, Medicare services office. Um, and I know I'm throwing out a lot of information here. I'm trying to be, uh, trying to. Uh, keep it as simplified as possible. But if that, if that employer coverage doesn't have what we, they call p- credible prescription coverage, then they would probably want to make the switch because they're still going to accrue that penalty. They have to have credible prescription coverage. Uh, you know, after at least uh, from 65 on, whether through an employer or through Medicare. All right. Now, now the difficult question. <laughs> Fair enough. Why should I go and talk to you versus the nice guy with the suit and tie with the 1-800 number on TV? <laughs> no, a great question. Great question. So, um, you know, it, for myself, um, I'm an independent broker. I don't charge broker fees, like I said. So all the, all the services we've talked about, um, it's no additional cost to my clients. Uh, However, there's, there's probably a lot of bro- – there's many brokers out there that will – it would be in the same boat. Um, part of finding a good broker, um, other than obviously if they don't charge – if they charge a broker fee as opposed to not charging one, is to find one that you really trust, one that you really like. One, if, if you would not feel comfortable invite, going out to coffee with that broker just to go out for coffee, then maybe – maybe find a, a one that you actually could envision that with. You want someone who uh, you can trust, um, someone who also obviously is an expert, got to have someone who's an expert, uh, but also someone that um, is going to look out for your best interests 
and just be uh, upfront and honest with you at all times, even when it's not something uh, pleasant to hear, you know, and that's something that I always, I guess I just think of the golden rule, you know, I treat my clients as I would want to be treated as a client. So yeah, that's, think, a, that's um, a really good answer. It's a really good answer. Looking out for the best interest of the client. Uh, too many people, people think like that, you know? Sure. And, and another, I would say one other factor is the guy on TV. Um, if you do have a random question on a weekend, he may not be available. Um, I can't say I'm available 24 seven cause that wouldn't be fair to my family. Um, but I will say that if I'm not, if I can't answer my clients calls at that time, I definitely try to get that back to them in a timely manner. Yeah. Good point too. Cause yeah. Excellent point. Excellent point. Cause Sunday you might have a question, something might come up and sure. Um, you know, you just, you never know when disaster is going to strike or when that question is going to happen. Right. Um, let me ask you another question. Um, so you, you can easily give away two, three hours of your time if you wanted to for free, right. To uh, over a conversation over this. Yeah. If you give away all this for free, how do you actually make money in your business? <laughs> I get to ask that actually quite a bit. So, um, with E, original Medicare with a supplement or prescription drug or, or Medicare Advantage, it's all paid from the carrier side. Um, they know that as an independent broker, as an independent business owner with clients that I am looking out for their best interest, I could go to any of those carriers. So they, they say, you know, thank you. It's a, basically they pay me a percentage of that premium um, in some cases. Uh, in some cases, it's just a flat dollar amount uh, for that year uh, and as a, as a almost a thank you for saying for choosing them to do business with them you know trusting them with my clients um, it, so it's the carriers are more so competing with each other than really um, than really uh, than the client having to find you know the right fit or anything it's really I, I try to let my clients know think of Think of insurance carriers a lot like banks. They're all, they're all in a sense, financial institutions. So they all know that you need to bank or they know you need insurance and they, they try to be competitive and say, well, insure with us, you know, and bank with us, you know, whatever, you know. Um, and as, as, as I mentioned, being an independent broker, they know I, I can go to carrier A or carrier D or whatever. So it's just, they, they pay me direct, uh, but it doesn't add, it doesn't come out of the uh, customer's account or cost in any way. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I always wondered because every uh, insurance agent I've ever talked to is like, oh, we don't charge for, you know, anything. And I'm like, well, how do you make money? <laughs> you <laughs> right. Your bills, right? You're giving away all this time. What are you doing? <laughs> sure. So someone once told me that, and bear with me as I try to explain this to you. I had a friend who was in the Medicare space and he said that you cannot, I guess, ask somebody if they're interested in Medicare, it has to be like word of mouth referral type thing. Yes. So, um, once again, the Medicare, Medicare is, uh, highly regulated on marketing practices and such. And, and it should be honestly, um, the last thing our seniors and uh, people with disabilities need is, uh, any kind of, uh, constant uh, nagging from a phone call or 
a door knock or anything like that. So um, I cannot directly approach a, or a potential client, someone who may be turning 65, even if I know they may be turning 65. Um, can't, I can't approach them physically in a grocery store, can't call them, can't text them. Um, the only way we can actually directly um, approach a potential client and let them know we can assist is through email with an opt-out option and also through direct mail, which is why if you've talked to anybody getting close to turning 65, they're getting inundated with way too much mail about Medicare. Um, but that's because that's the only factors. Um, there are some, there are some exceptions. For example, if I have a, per, um, a previous relationship with the client, um, whether through being their insurance broker before age 65 or, or maybe just, uh, from a social group or a church or whatever. Um, and I ask them, is that some, you know, and we get to talking about it. Uh, and, and then I, I can't ask them if they would like assistance with it or not. Um, but once again, it, it, the, the whole point is um, the, the, not, the, not, the non-direct approach is really to keep, um, keep our elders and senior citizens from getting bombarded. Now, obviously, they, they still are through the mail, but um, they're trying to mit mitigate that wherever they can. So, um, however... If somebody does have someone they know, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's, once again, someone who goes to church or, or someone uh, retiring from a school where their kids go, you know, um, they can have them contact me uh, directly through a phone call, text, or email um, if they would prefer, because I know not everybody's comfortable with calling someone they don't know, if they would prefer me to call them, I can do that, but I just have to get in writing the date, the time, uh, and what they would like to discuss uh, before I make that contact. Sean, this has been incredibly enlightening. I had no idea all this went into Medicare. <laughs> there, there, and there's more, but I try. I just there's a there is a lot to it. So I, I, I try to do my best to uh, give shed some light on it without uh, you know blinding people with the amount of information that's there so i'm just excited i know the difference between the two like for the longest <laughs> time i couldn't i could not process the difference like right. care like i feel like a real like real i don't want to say the word but like a dumb you know like, like, oh no yeah it's it's actually very common so um makes me want to be almost want to be 65 got something to look forward to <laughs> there you go <laughs> So if somebody was thinking about getting into this space, um, what's one piece of solid advice you would say for them uh, getting started as a Medicare, someone in this space? You mean, uh, are you talking about from, a prof uh, from the professional side or as a client? Uh, from the professional side. If somebody uh, just wanted to be a Medicare, licensed Medicare agent, um, is there a piece of advice you'd give them on getting started? Or Yeah. Yes, I would say, first of all, uh, one would want to go ahead and get their, um, what is their life uh, accident and health license through the state. Um, and there's uh, some testing around that, um, that one has to go through and pass before they can even get that license. Once you get that, uh, I advise people to get a little bit familiar with 
uh, general health insurance in general, just because uh, it's going to help them um, in the Medicare space as well. Just having an understanding of deductibles and coinsurance and co-pays and max out of pockets and prescriptions and all that. Cause Medicare does kind of take it to a new level as you know, you as we've kind of been discussing on this, uh, this podcast. Um, and then after that, after they get fairly familiar with the health, uh, health insurance industry as a whole, then they would have, uh, I would advise them to go through um, and get their AHIP certification. Uh, I don't know what that acronym, st- acronym stands for. Uh, unfortunately, I've got plenty of those that I have to keep track of as it is, but uh, I know it's uh, AHIP, AHIP, we call it for short, going to get that certification. Um, and it, cause there's a lot of regulation and training, um, around Medicare. And if someone just doesn't know the basics of health insurance, um, I think they're going to be setting themselves up to fail. Uh, the AHIP training, they have to pass on the 90% and they get three tries. Uh, after that third try, they have to take it all over again. And, uh, there's no refund for what you paid or anything like that. So, um, I just, I just tell people, you know, make sure you kind of have a good understanding first, but um, I always encourage people um, if they're going to get in the space, definitely get into Medicare because there's a lot of people out there. I got into this to help people um, more than anything. I I really am very relational as an individual and I prefer having that client uh, relationship strong and, and, uh, and just vibrant uh, and Medicare is a great way for, uh, for people to give back. I mean, our, the, the people, there are our senior citizens in this country. I mean, they've been paying into Medicare, their, you know, their whole professional lives. And, um, you know, they've made, they've built this country, the industry and the infrastructure to where it is today. And we, and America's not a perfect country, but it's the best, most blessed country in the world. And a lot of that comes from the workforce that is put in the time. And so in a way, anybody that uh, does Medicare in the health insurance industry is they're able to give back to the senior citizens and those that have uh, really built this country to where it is. So I always encourage it. Well said, man. Well said. Um, So as an agent, um, are you required to get certified or licensed every year? You're not required every year. But uh, every two years, you do have to take some continuing education units and get recertified, uh, retested. So it's not every year, it's every two years. But um, the AHIP portion for Medicare, that is every year. Gotcha. So someone coming to you can feel confident that you're, you've taken the test, you're properly licensed, you have the knowledge, the ability to answer what questions they need to be answered, that need to be answered. Um, and they can feel confident in their decision to purchase Medicare through, you know, you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in fact, um, any licensed insurance agent, it's actually public. It's a public record. You can go on and actually see the current status of someone's um, license and certification um, through a website called NIPR. Uh, it's the National per- Insurance Producer Registry, NIPR.com. And uh, people can actually find out it. Like I said, it's a public, it's public information. 
whether someone's uh, license is currently active or whether it's uh, inactive. I'd assume there's some penalties for not being licensed. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a big no-no. <laughs> and a lot of times, uh, in a lot of ways, um, many of the carriers have um, training and their own certifications that have to be done by individual agents that kind of prevents um, an unlicensed agent from being able to sell. So uh, I don't actually think it would be possible for someone to do it um, because the carrier that they would try to help the client get enrolled with would recognize that that, uh, that agent, uh, their license is uh, in an inactive state. So I haven't run across a situation where it would be possible, not saying it isn't. I just, I don't know of how, uh, I don't know of a situation where someone who was unlicensed would actually be able to um, uh, enroll someone um, when they're not qualified to do so. Man, such a conversation to have with somebody. My gosh, so much information, brain overload, holy cow. <laughs> well, I guess the last question is, how can people reach you, Sean? <laughs> Contact Sure, them. absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, if they have questions or uh, people that they uh, would like to refer to me to, for assistance or anything like that, uh, they can reach me either by text or phone call at 636-219-7164. That leads right to my business cell phone. Or they can email me. Uh, sometimes uh, I'm not always able to answer uh, right away, especially during this period. Uh, so sometimes email may be a better format. And my email address um, is S as in Sean. Thacker as in my last name. That's T H A. C-K-E-R at myhst.com. All righty. Well, this has been enlightening. I feel like I learned a lot. I had no idea. I thought health insurance was complicated. This is way more, <laughs> I mean, part A, part B, part, it is. part T. Like, <laughs> Trust me, it is. <laughs> I bet it is. I, I Like I said, I, I can imagine why you need to be licensed to really um, – be able to sell this but man if, if you guys got any questions whether it's sean or anybody that's licensed just make sure you get your questions answered because mm -hmm. there's gonna be unknowns that are gonna come up and things are always changing in the world and especially now in this time things are different yes um you know you don't even have to go to the door and get a pizza anymore they can leave it at your porch <laughs> things, things have changed and you know, I have done that. <laughs> so. I think a lot of us has. I, I like it because I work upstairs. I don't have to go downstairs. I'm like, whatever. Sure. Um, sure. So make sure that whoever you decide to um, enroll you in Medicare, that you just are educated. It's our job as business owners to educate our clients. Um, but it's even more important in the insurance slash Medicare field because there are a lot of questions. And if you're not an expert, then you need to find somebody who is because you don't want to like money's money, right? You gotta, you gotta get what you need and what's a good fit for you. Not every insurance agent's going to fit that, that personality and not every family is going to fit that plan. So very true. this has been incredibly enlightening and Sean, I can't thank you enough for being on. I'm excited to get this out to the world and let them know um, that there is someone out there that can help with this type of thing, because now is the time, December 7th is the deadline. That's right. And I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Tony, for having me. Anything else you'd like to add before we close out? 
I just I would just wish everybody uh, a safe and happy holiday season as we enter into Thanksgiving and and the winter months. Be safe. Um, obviously, social distancing and all that with the pandemic, but just uh, be safe and, and enjoy life one day at a time. As you mentioned, you never know when uh, incidents can arise. So, Sean Thacker, thank you so much for being on, my friend. I really do appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, Tony. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.